This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. I am your host, Reese, and with me as always is Jason. Trusty sidekick. Trusty, not very trusty sidekick. Untrustworthy. Rather untrustworthy yeah. sidekick. You didn't get called Fat J Sleaze because you were trustworthy. It was a PH. Mm. That's true. You're, li- you're missing one more letter from that to make it truly useful, which is the D. The D? PhD. What does that mean? What's this joke? Exactly. I don't get this joke. I was going to say, if you would have gotten the PhD instead of the PHAT, you would have been useful to us. Oh, okay. Instead, I got it. I got it. That's right. Instead, all you're good for nah. is the occasional bathroom selfie, which if you want to <laughs> get a steady stream of those, friend them on Facebook. It's un- disgusting. Go on Instagram. They're un- it's Instagram bad. is for like teenage girls. I know. Exactly. <laughs> and there he is, ladies and gentlemen, Fat, ah. Fat Jay. Bringing this lead. There we go. Doesn't take long. But we do talk about gaming, particularly 40K, Age of Sigmar, all kinds of fun stuff. And if you don't catch us on the live show, you can always catch us on iTunes or YouTube for the video cast, and that is on Fridays. So we have a lot to talk about. Let's go ahead and jump right in. The big news for mm-hmm. this week Blackstone Fortress is on the way. This is a new boxed game mm-hmm. from Games Workshop, and it's in the vein of Silver Tower, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know any of you out there uh, may, or may, or may or may not have had a chance to play it. Uh, if you haven't, I definitely recommend it. It's a really, it's a super fun board game. <clears throat> and it's sort of in the spirit of Warhammer Quest, kind of, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's the roots of the game. But uh, Silver Tower is very similar, but it takes place in the 40K universe. And it's causing a lot of excitement. What's that? You mean Blackstone Fortress. Oh, what did I say? Silver Tower. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Blackstone Fortress. Causing a lot of excitement because uh, of a number of reasons. The first and foremost, it has absolutely stunning models. Yep. Like, wow. Uh, and there's a lot of things that we're seeing that we've never seen before, right? Uh, let's, we'll go over it really quickly because this is kind of the most exciting part. This is yeah. why we play miniatures games is mm-hmm. because of the miniatures. Uh, and the people sometimes. But uh, the, the game features a host of hero characters that you can play and a ton of villains. I'm actually more excited about the villain models, yeah. personally, uh, because you're getting, you're, we're seeing things you've never seen before. There's uh, Beastmen. There's a 40K, or 40K Chaos Beastmen, mm-hmm. which for those of you who remember the, the Rogue Trader era, even in, I believe they were still in the game in second edition, there were Beastmen aux- Auxilia. They weren't actually really chaotic forces so much they were actually imperial mm-hmm. um, they were they were ab humans that you could put in and um, really really cool so I love to see that they're actually bringing these in there's rogue psychers there's traitor guardsmen now that's not mm-hmm. that is not cultists these are actual traitor guardsmen they're like Cadians that have turned or you know from whatever planet mm-hmm. have turned against the Imperium and they've gone all chaosy very cool there's plastic urghuls uh, for those of you who are like what is an urghul yeah uh, it's a part of the court of the archon um, they're a Xenos race uh, that are, you know, seen in the dark, the Jukari Codex mm-hmm. or Dark Eldar. Really, really cool. But the most exciting to me, besides all this, which is all really badass, there are also uh, new Chaos Space Marines, which I've had the, the, the 
good fortune to see them in real life. They're amazing. They're the size of primary space Marines mm -hmm. and they look awesome. The chaos space yeah. Marine kit's very dated. Uh, there's still, it's still a cool kit, mm -hmm. but these new ones are just phenomenal. Yeah. And the pictures that they've shown of them don't really even do them justice because uh, you can't really tell the scale. They're not showing them next to any other models for yeah. the most part. There is that group shot that they put of all the um, the baddies, I yeah. guess you'd say, and you can kind of see, like you can see the Chaos uh, Lord. It Who's looks massive. holding a yeah. thunder hammer. Yeah. It's a Chaos Space Marine with a thunder hammer. It mm -hmm. took a long, it took 10,000 years. They finally, they're like, oh yeah, this is Whoa, what this does. Wow, this Bang. is pretty good. I'm going to take this. Uh, and then there's Demon Host, all kinds of stuff. So I'm yeah. more excited about the baddies. But uh, let's take a look at the, well, good, good, the goodies. It's also a good taste of what's to come in the future yeah. of the game because you look at all these different models for these different factions um, and it kind of gives you maybe an idea of what we can see in 2019. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, this would give me the indication. I would make the educated guess as somebody looking at it that there's probably new Chaos Space Marine mm -hmm. models on the way, all kinds of other cool stuff that is really <laughs> exciting. Like, I would love to see multi-part plastic kits with these. Mm -hmm. um, but in the meantime, this is super, this is really, really cool. Yep. So in the goodies side, is that the way you say it? Is that the opposite of the sure. baddies, the goodies? Yeah. That sounds stupid. Yeah, it's okay. It's like a treat you get when you go trick-or-treating. I got a goodie. Yeah. They, they're, they're more anti-hero than hero from all yeah. the videos we've been seeing. But uh, really, really cool characters. We've got um, a whole host uh, of different uh, uh, models from the, the lore of the game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got the, obviously the Inquisitor himself. Mm -hmm. uh, his name's like. No, he's not an Inquisitor. He's, he's like a, named Blake o Draco or something. He's like a that. rogue trader. Rogue trader, my mm -hmm. bad. And he's here to go loot the Blastone Fortress for all the wealth he can get. You know, we've got um, uh, a navigator. First time we've seen that. In very cool. Miniature format. Yep. Very, very cool. Um, we've got the, the dude with the flamer. Right. This is the interesting thing is this guy along with this, uh, the preacher or whatever he is, the confessor, whatever yep. I'm going to call him, might indicate what the Sisters of Battle Codex might include. Because in the past, it's possible. the Ecclesiarchy was this thing, was was a codex. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they actually called it the Ecclesiarchy. It was before my See, time. It it's the... It's the Ministorum. Adeptus yeah, Ministorum. Um, is the, no, I don't think so. Yeah, that's the Sisters of Battle. Okay. And then the Ecclesiarchy was the church. Right, but they used to be combined, and then a codex, and they had... Um, they had henchmen, and they had all, all these. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, remember they had cult. The, they had cultists. Remember those guys, the, zealots or whatever they were. Yeah, there was actual models and robes and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. That, for me, I mean, that this, indicates this could also be an indicator of you know some sort of Inquisition type stuff. Mm -hmm. So, regardless, just a brilliant model. Then we've mm -hmm. got the two uh, little uh, halfling, yeah, or uh, ratlings. Excuse the ratlings, me. Yeah, like their name are like Remus and Ramos or something like that. Really, really fun. Um, got a grapple hook and then a sniper rifle. And if you run Rattlings, I mean, it's great to add new models yeah. to your, Throw them to your in unit, there. you know, as the leaders and whatnot. Uh, we got a really, really cool robot, which from the 40K lore, some people might be going, what the hell is this? <clears throat> in the lore, there are there were robots from a different age. Um, it was after the golden age of technology. And there was a big rebellion against the uh, AI and, and such. So it's really cool to see some of these models from like the way back when. I mean, this is like predates the Horus Heresy stuff. Uh, when you had like the, the robots uh, running around and like you see them now with the um, uh, Adeptus Mechanicus, mm -hmm. but uh, very, very cool. And um, uh, the confessor or priest character. And then of course you got the uh, road trader. And the crew. And the crew carnivore, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Got to have the Xenos buddy in there. And then uh, lastly, you have the, the female ranger, which is a brilliant model. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, and the game looks to be really fun, right? Like 
for me personally, if I'm gonna be honest, like I don't have a lot of time to play different board games. I, I try to, but for me, I'm just really excited about all the models. However, the game looks to be really fun. Uh, it mixes elements of Silver Tower and Shadespire. Uh, you have uh, 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 tiles, you can make a board as you play, very similar to the way Silver Tower played. Mm -hmm. So yeah. looks super cool. Get excited for this. And if you do want to pick this up, it goes up for pre-order on Saturday, this coming Saturday, which is the, what, 10th? I don't know. Uh, 8th, 9th, 10th. Yeah, it's the 10th uh, of November. And that will go up for sale around 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in our web cart. We do recommend you grab one right away if you want one. Yeah. It's probably going to sell out immediately. The hype for this game is huge. Silver Tower went red hot when it came out too. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, if you if you don't order quickly, you will probably still be able to get one, but it may take you know up to a couple of weeks to get it. Yeah. Just you know, full disclosure. So if you do have your eye on it, you do want to grab one, we recommend doing it. Uh, it really quickly because yeah, so we're probably going to burn through be, our stock like that. It'll be up in the web car at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Yeah. yeah. So very exciting stuff. And like Jason said, I think what's uh, beyond the fact that it's a cool game of its own, I think mm -hmm. what's most exciting is what it means for the future of 40K, like some of the kits we can expect mm -hmm. uh, that are really going to help spice things up and, uh, and update the look of the game. Like imagine if we got all like plastic aspect warriors. Like that, that ranger, be, it'd be amazing. That would be right? awesome. I mean, that's game changing. Yeah. Stuff that we haven't seen for 20 years. Now, to be fair, a ranger's not an aspect warrior, but no. technically, sir. Is it a troop? Yeah. Rangers aren't aspect warriors. Oh, that's right. They, they, they have a version of it, which was the, the um, I think they were called Pathfinders, mm -hmm. but they, they're not really in the game anymore. But there was like rangers that got lost on the path of the ranger and then gotcha. they became Pathfinders that get stuck. Uh, which is what the Aspect Warriors yeah. are, but that's not really in the game right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're brilliant models. And if we got plastic Aspect Warriors, like Striking Scorpions or Howling Banshees yeah. or whatever, um, that'd be amazing. Because mm -hmm. some of them are like ancient, like the Warp Spider. From early 90s. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have missed the fact that there has been like three or four versions of many of the Aspect Warriors, mm -hmm. the models. Um, they have been updated, but they've never been in plastic. So that would, that would be really cool if that happened. Uh, more Chaos Space Marine kits obviously would be cool because mm -hmm. some of their kits, like the Berserker kit, is really old. Yeah. Uh, really, really old. And the Chaos Space Marine kit is as well. <clears throat> so mm -hmm. it'd be great to see those get updated. And in the lore, to be fair, also, um, uh, Fabius Bile, he's already stolen Primaris Gene Seed. So, of course he has. Right. Well, that guy. Yeah, he's like Skeletor. He's, well, I feel like <laughs> maybe, <laughs> he's like Skeletor's henchman. Yeah. He'd be what, like Beastman? Beastman, you a boob? Maybe, but didn't did he have like a science henchman or something like that? I'm sure he did. Doctor something. Beastman was kind of an idiot. He was just like the muscle. Fabio Spile is just the guy in the background, yeah. just causing problems and just like, oh, he'd this be guy like, again. If it was GI Joe, he yeah. would be Destro. Okay. You know what I mean? I'll give you that one. Kind of pulling strings in the background. Yeah. He lets Cobra Commander have the spotlight. Yeah. But Abaddon would be like the main guy, but Fabius is kind of hanging out in the back. I mean, Abaddon is Abaddon's kind of a Beastman. You think so? He, he took 13 times to take out Kadia. Well, but that was all orchestrated. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it, it was. It was playing as chess. Sure. Yeah. Why, why win exactly. in one battle when I could win in 13? Because that's what it took. It did blow up those, like, towers. Because chaos. Yeah. I don't know. Because Fluff Retcon, that's why. Sure. Which, I mean, whatever, dude. Abaddon's cool. He's, it happened. He's the big villain yeah, right now. Yeah, Kadia's destroyed. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Every sad. morning, Reese has a shrine. He cries a little. It's a picture of the fortress world. Every morning when I start my day with a... You are vengeance or Katie? That's your screen here. I pour a little here. out yeah. for the guys, for the Canadians. <laughs> that all gotta happens get, here. Got to get real. through your day somehow, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Uh, also, this is the last week to pick up the new Battlefield <coughs> FLG mat. It's been quite popular. The Battlefield FLG mat it comes in all the sizes we produce, from uh, 4x6 down to the display mat, 24x14. It's really good for a wide variety of games. I think that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why it's been so popular. Uh, you could play it with a World War II game, World War One game. You could even go, you could even probably do like Napoleonics, really, on this if you wanted to. Uh, and then, of course, it works very well for modern games, for future games. And I personally would love to see a Wall of Martyrs kit on this. And I'm, we have one that I haven't finished painting yet. And I think that's going to be one of our very special terrain sets that we're going to get done. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. As soon as uh, Mariana finishes building all the models, which she was supposed to do a long time ago. For the Wall of Martyrs? Yeah. We have like four sets of those oh, uh, cool. sitting around that need to be finished. But I think it's going to be a gorgeous uh, mat, especially if you paint the terrain to really complement the colors of the mat. So we wanted to take a chance to recognize your SoCal Open top performers. We've got some fun pictures and all kinds of good stuff. Uh, best generals from the event, Alan Byramovich took first place with Flesh Eater Courts. He got maximum battle points. He maxed yeah. out every single game. Crazy. 40K uh, uh, reject right there. <laughs> reject. A lot of, uh, a lot of Moved like, on over. Cut, you know, quote unquote, high profile 40K players have mm -hmm. gone over to Age of Sigmar. Um, Bill Souza, um, um, Captain America, why am I drawing a blank? Ben Mooley. Ben Mooley. Uh, Mooley? Eh, close. That's eh. close. And then Alan Byramovich, he's like the wild thing of the team. Right? Yes. Like if we're going back to some really fun. Yeah. Charlie Sheen and his prime. He just came in and cleaned up. He smashed. His list was interesting too. He had like five <laughs> uh, terror guys or, or zombie dragons mm -hmm. with. Uh, um, uh, Ghoul Kings, mm -hmm. and then he and then I, as I understand it, he was summoning in um, units for taking objectives. Mm -hmm. So, really interesting list. Uh, second place was Kurt Roper playing Daughters of Cain. Daughters of Cain have been just cleaning up in the competitive Age of Sigmar scene. They're widely considered to be the best army in the game. And then Matt Pashby, mm -hmm. one of our uh, paint, FLG Paint Studio painters, he all got around, third with Ida Neth Deepkin. All around okay guy. All around mediocre fellow. Mm -hmm. Right? No, he was awesome, dude. He, Actually, he lives in uh, Colorado, and we had a chance to hang out while he was here, which was really nice to get a chance to. So it's nice to be face to face. I thought he lived in uh, Idaho. You oh, it is Idaho. Because we were talking about how terrible. I don't Idaho know why is. I said Colorado. No, <laughs> my family lives in Idaho, and it's not terrible. Thank you very much. Uh, best appearance was Chris Stifter with an absolutely awesome, oh boy. awesome orc army. It's Iron Jaws with all kinds of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Brilliant, just brilliant paint job. Uh, really well done. Good job. Second place, Austin Morgan, also FLG Paint Studio painter. Mm -hmm. And his army is dumb. Just ridiculous. Awesome. Yeah. He won Best Painted last year. And his display board. Yeah. Jeez. His Sylvaneth, I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, like I said, he won last year. Mm -hmm. Just a beautiful army. And again, well, we picked him up. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, we recruited him. We're like, dude, do you want to make some money? Uh, and again, just an all around swell, pretty, you know, run pretty of the mill type dude. Decent guy. Just, it's real stand-up fella. No, he, obviously a great guy, yeah. and uh, so is Matt. And then our everyone's favorite vampire, Vladnika, was third best appearance. He's Ooh. trying to get away from that image. I feel. I don't think. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Not going to let it go. No. Uh, Vlad's army also Sylvaneth and also <laughs> gorgeous. Mm -hmm. His conversion for his um, celestial hurricanum being pulled by the um, <clears throat> the stags is really really good. Uh, Renaissance person first place, Alex Gonzalez. Second place, Josh Harvey. Third place, Joe Cryer. Best sportsman was Michael Vaginos. Pretty good. I think I said that right. I don't think it's Vaginos. 
probably not. I don't think that's the correct. There's way definitely a rolling. Fagenio sounds like yeah. that's the right way to say it, but I have no idea. Um, Warhammer 40k results, Important. tournament champion, the one, the only, Mr. Brandon Grant, who is currently writing an article for us about uh, Astro Militarum infantry tactics. So you know that's going to be very good because the man clearly knows what Hellhound he's talking about. Hellhound suicide tactics <laughs> by Brandon Grant. Right. Run your Forge World Hellhounds into their lines. Because they have to swing at it. Roll blow it for up. profit. Yes. There we go. That's how he got I back wrote in it. that game. I just wrote it. That was, a brilliant, that was a brilliant play. You have to give the man. He lost his yeah. Knight Castle on the top of turn one and still, yeah. still somehow managed to come back and win it. That's, that's skill right there. Uh, second best general is Alex Akia. Uh, he was playing Pierre Drukari. Well done to him. And he actually went undefeated too. He only he tied a game. How is this kid not playing like Space Marines with that last name? Yeah. Come I don't. On. I couldn't tell if it was like a joke or not, but like... I think it's his name. Yeah, no, it is his name, but <clears throat> like he spelled it the 40K way. Yeah, on, on but he the, doesn't pronounce it that way. Yeah. No, he said you do. He, he said oh. you pronounce it Akila. I, I believe so. Please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Third best general, Daniel Olivas playing Yanari. Uh, well done. And Daniel's been actually winning quite a bit around mm -hmm. here. Uh, best appearance, Andy Trimlet with his crazy orc army where literally yep. every model is different. He's local, so we see it a lot, and it's yeah. just ridiculous. Every time you look at it, it's like, where's Waldo? You're like, what? There's I, actually a Waldo orc. I mean, there's a cowboy hat yeah. on that orc, and it has a little, like, uh, the Sheriff's sheriff badge. hat. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, every model's converted. It's so, it's crazy. And he plays Horde. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he has a Horde of orcs. Yeah. That is a labor of love. Uh, and then again, we always want to give credit where it's due. Andy made a lot, like a lot of the really cool, unique tables <clears throat> at SoCal Open are his creation. Mm -hmm. um, he's a really good dude. Second best appearance, Derek Page with uh, gorgeous yep. um, uh, knight army. Uh, just every model is converted up. He had a guard army, but everything was converted yeah. to look like Skitari. It was crazy. He had Death Watch and with his knights. He had like a Adepticon level display board also. Yeah, the, Adept the display board has like a hangar bay for the Knight Porphyrion and like it's... It's incredible. Uh, really, really good hobbyist. And third place was Tyler Russo. He had a gorgeous uh, Adeptus Custodes army, but it was all orcs converted oh, right. to be Adeptus Custodes. And, um, Creativity points. Yeah, that. it was really creative. And then the, 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 the colors, it gave like really like muted tones. Really Overall, just a really, really cool, cool army. Uh, first place Renaissance person was Cooper Waddell. Uh, he went undefeated with Tyranids and Gene Steeler Colt. Really well done to him, and he, he was also he also had the second highest battle score as well. But we give you the the award that you win that's the best award. Yeah. So also a beautiful beautifully painted army. Yep. Uh, funny story, second Tyranid army, uh, gorgeous Tyranid army that Tyr that Cooper's had because the first one was thrown down the stairs by an angry uh, friend. <laughs> I didn't even know that story. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, funny story. Yeah. Is that an old story? Yeah, it yeah. was from many years ago. So he's yeah. rebuilt. Uh, what? Is, how does the saying go? Uh, Hell hath no fury <laughs> like a woman scorned. Oh, <laughs> that kind of friend. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean this is many years yeah. ago, but he's rebuilt the army. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad to see. What it back. a bummer! Oh, can you imagine? What else? Yeah, that's like the the, like the meanest thing that somebody can do to get you. Yeah. Stomping on your models, but oh. he's he's moved on and uh, yeah, this was obviously many years ago Now he has a lovely wonderful wife that would never throw his models down the stairs right. Who puts up and, a, and a beautiful baby too, which yeah. I got the chance to hold him at the tournament. That was fun uh, Second place was uh, Damian Garcia uh, Second place Renaissance person. He had a really really badass triple <clears throat> uh, triple shadow sword uh, <laughs> Army, but it was themed after attack on Titan and he had giant flags coming off of the um, 
the Bane Blades, the, all, all the infantry were converted. Really cool nice. model. And then third place, local favorite. Local Lothario. <laughs> he is our Lothario. Ryan Mead. Ryan Mead, <laughs> who was wearing a cloak for most of the time, which, by the way, you left it, and we have it, Ryan. I know. If we see you at the tournament this weekend, we'll bring it he to you. He left his cloak? He had a giant cloak. What kind of ranger like, is that? I don't know. But that's a Ryan thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we have a picture of all the Best of Faction Award winners that were present during the award ceremony. Congratulations to everybody. Often the Best of uh, Faction Award is the thing that the majority of people are actually trying to win. Mm -hmm. So it's really exciting, and it's cool to see people who um, pick that up. So congratulations to everybody at the SoCal Open. It was a blast. Can't wait for next year. We're already getting it planned. And uh, some really we had some really exciting news come in this, this morning about the SoCal Open for 2019. We can't share it yet, but it looks like the, the next year is going to be like a whole degree of awesomeness step up if everything pans out. So cool. I'm sure that news as it comes in and we can actually talk about it. <clears throat> Make sure to grab your BAO tickets for 2019. Uh, this will be the first year with the very cool Kublai Khan convention up in the Bay. Mm -hmm. uh, it's right next to uh, SFO, the airport up there. It's very easy to get to in and out. Mm -hmm. The convention has been going for like 13 years now. Really cool convention, has all kinds of other stuff to check out. But one of the nice things about it is that like we're in a different location. It's like across the street. So um, you're not gonna really have to like fight your way through a convention necessarily, which mm -hmm. can sometimes be, it can be a little challenging if it's like in the right in the middle of a giant con, but uh, we have our own building. We have our own hotel really. Mm -hmm. And then if you wanna go check out the rest of the con, it goes for four days. Uh, there's all kinds of cool RPGs, um, LARPing. They have um, the, SCA demonstrations where they do the, the, the put on the armor and mm -hmm. the swords and all that kind of stuff. They're just, it's just nerdtastic. So definitely check it out. It's going to be the biggest BAO we've ever had. Uh, can't wait to see everybody there. We will also have narrative events, uh, team events, mm -hmm. Age of Sigmar events, and then we will probably work in uh, Shadespire and Kill teams too. We're just looking for some TOs. But uh, it's going to be amazing. <clears throat> Please grab those tickets soon because the event will fill up. Indeed. I'm excited. Uh, I am it, too, honestly. I I usually actually don't go to the Bay Area Open traditionally. Yeah. I kind of stay back here in San Diego and kind of like man the fort. But this year, I'm like, I'm going 100%. It's just such a cool con. Like, because yeah. we always would go to Kublacon in the in the past because we mm -hmm. used to live up there. Yeah. And we would go just to go. And like, they haven't had a 40K tournament at Kublacon in a long time. It's been since uh, It's been like four, four or five years, yeah. I think, since the last time. Because I remember the last time they had it, I played my orcs. And I did really well yeah. with them. And that was, it was fifth edition. It's funny, my, there's a picture of me where it's about maybe like seven or eight years ago. I went to Kubicon. I just moved to the Bay Area after coming back from Korea and I had I ran into Carl Tuttle and yep. I, I was starstruck. And I was like, can I take a picture of you? And I took a picture with Carl Tuttle and I'm like sitting there all smiling. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the first times you and yeah. I played each other. We played at um, Kublacon. Do you remember that? I don't, no. No, because I remember it so well because we'd become friends at that point, but we never, we hadn't really played too many times. Mm -hmm. And you were playing the Astra Militarum army that we painted <clears throat> for you, the green one. Got it. The, the Nurgly one. Yeah. That was awesome. And you had me beat. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna lose to Jason. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> and then you pulled a classic butler and screwed up on the last turn. And I was like, boop, 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 boop. And yeah. I won the game and you were so pissed. <laughs> I mean, like, it sounds like me. You're like, God, God dang it. I had you, I was gonna win. What, it just, just sucks. And I was like, sorry, bro, <laughs> get good. That was a leaf blower list. It was. With all the veterans it and the chimeras was. and yep. everything. Yeah, yep. lots of mana cores. I don't, cool. what did you do with that army? That was such a cool army. I sold it, I sold it. Because it was a Nurgle-themed, uh, it was like a Trader Guard. Obviously, yeah. in 5th edition, there were no rules for Trader Guard. But 
it was like a traitor guard, but it was the leaf. He had the triple vendetta, yeah. the the triple manacore, and then the vets and hydras. A ton and of hydras. It was pre hydra. No, it, no, no, I had two hydras on the list. Oh, that's right, you did. Because it, it was after Christian had already shown everybody the hydras were better. They were really good. I sold it, and then yeah. it had a um the worst I, the worst part the most offensive part of it was my my company commander was a uh, zombie Adolf Hitler. <laughs> It was, it was really bad. Yeah. It was perfect. And then I remember because I, I, I played you with my foot dollar. And that, yeah. at the time, Leaf Blow was a really, really really tough matchup for me. Yeah. And you had me on the ropes until the last turn. And I snaked it from you. It's funny now you look at that Leaf Blower list and, and you now. you just laugh. You're like, oh, yeah. good. <laughs> It'd be tame today. Uh, but that was really fun back in, the, back in those was. days. But that so was Kubicon. We have really yeah. good memories from the event. Uh, and we can't wait to see everybody there. I remember that was back when uh, Tasty Taste was running his. It was all. He had a convention also in it was the area. Nurgle demons, but they were all dryads. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, it was all like forest themed. Mm -hmm. uh, that was fun. That was good times. Back when back he then. used to play competitively. Yeah. yeah. He still does on occasion. He runs his own. He still does on occasion. Yeah, Tasty little... Taste, we, we're friends with him in, in real life. Yeah, in, from yeah. Uh, the Blood of Kittens blog, uh, which is not what it sounds like. No. So, anyway, we hope to see you all there. Please grab your tickets. It's a. Tremendous event. It's yeah. a lot of fun. There's there's things going on all day, all night. Uh, it's just a really good nerd vacation. And uh, also, our Age of Sigmar Learning League is back on track. We took a little hiatus because Ooh. of SoCal Open. And then last week was the the Wednesday was Halloween. Yeah. So we were just like, eh, no one's going to show up. Let's mm -hmm. forget it. But um, we've got back on track. And here's a couple update pictures. So Andrew is like killing it. He already finished his army. I know. And he's already Very out there close. playing games. Um, and his gorgeous Nurgle army, speed painted. He just speed painted it. And it looks great. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he's moved on to building terrain now, which uh, we put a picture in of that because it's a cool fantasy building. I built a model. There you go. That's more than me. I built a model. I yeah. built a great uh, Bray Shaman uh, in my list. And that's my big accomplishment for the last two weeks. <laughs> but uh, tonight is the night for uh, Learning League Hobby Night. So uh, anybody that wants to join in, it's anybody can come mm -hmm. 7 p.m to 9 p.m at frontline gaming we uh sit down and we get our hobby on this uh tonight i'm hoping to get uh, another unit of um, gores at least base coated yeah yeah because i'm i'm way behind i can't wait to play i'm really excited to play my beasts of chaos like they look really good um i just haven't i don't have enough guys yet to actually play a meaningful game so yeah. i think the next thing i'm going to get is the uh start collecting box because it comes with like a lot of the stuff you need mm -hmm. Uh, and that's it's a good value too so come by and check it out uh, if you want to participate we want to get some more age of sigmar games going because we actually haven't played in a while it's been a long time it's been a couple months i have five I models built that i i dropped off the table yesterday and they broke into a bunch of pieces so Did now you? yeah so you're negative yep good job well played sir I, yeah i admire it uh 40k itc events coming up this weekend as usual there's a ton all they don't slow down. The they used to slow down about this time. No, dude, it's gone bananas. We've yeah. hit we've hit critical mass in a big way. It's going ham all over the place. Yeah, um, it's very literally, literally all over the place. Yeah, so we've got events all around the world uh, per usual. New Zealand, Sweden, Texas, all over the United States. Uh, we have a GT, the boys, uh, single GT, the boys. Mm. Still haven't made it out for that event. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've heard us say this every single year. We got to make it out to Du Bois. It's GT. in upstate New York in the fall. It's, it's the, like it's as beautiful so far as you can away. get. Yeah. yeah. 
It's like diagonal to the other corner of the country. They would have to like buy us plane tickets. Yeah, that, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> but Du Bois is an old, old gaming club. Um, really great guys in their club. They do a good event. Mm-hmm. It's in upstate New York and it's like in a yeah. cabin in the woods and it's just gorgeous. I, I don't know if they still do that at that place, but it's it's always at a cool venue. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of like a more of a retreat yeah. uh, type. You guys are doing this tournament yourself. Yes, there's a 40K ITC team tournament at Game Empire Pasadena this coming weekend. Team Zero Comp will be there. Um, There's a lot of people going. It's a really fun event. It's a one-day event, Mm -hmm. five-person teams. It's really cool. Um, Our team is going to be Jeff Robinson, a.k.a. In Control, Frankie, a.k.a. Francis. Mm -hmm. He's not here to defend himself, so I can have fun with that. That is his name. Uh, Myself, and then uh, it's going to be Ray and james so we have a really strong team i think we could definitely win it um and i'm going to be bringing orcs actually yep so yeah you've been playtesting it yeah i've been playtesting my list trying to work out the kinks which we'll talk <laughs> about in the tactics section but uh check it out game empire pasadena is a great store mm-hmm. really good crew of people that run things there and um uh, just a, a fun crowd yeah that hangs out at that event there's all kinds of food and, and bars and stuff around there too if you want to make a weekend of it uh we also have a major warzone atlanta which is um, uh, everyone I've talked to that's been since it's a lot of fun and uh, a really big event. It's the biggest event in the South, to my knowledge. Not ATC. What am I talking about? ATC is gigantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, uh, Wolves in Atlanta, I think, is the second biggest. Nice. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I may be misspeaking. But uh, yeah, go check it out. Get your points. Upcoming Age of Sigmar ITC events. We have two GTs coming up. We have the Denver, Denver Age of Sigmar Grand Tournament. And that's in Aurora, Colorado, and the Age of Sigmar Du Bois Grand Tournament at Du Bois. Nice. GT. So we'll get to see, hopefully see some movement. There's been a lot of movement, actually, um, after SoCal, and, and we had quite a few events last weekend as well. So your current 40K ITC top five. Oh, well, Nick, here we go. Nick Nonavati continues to lead the pack with a huge 755-point score, followed by Mike Porter from the UK with 744 points. He's only 11 points behind Nick Next, Trent Northington from the Warhogs team is in third with 699 points. Matt Root is in fourth, also a Midwestern player with 694. And then of our very own local boy, Brandon Grant, jumps up there with his SoCal Open victory, 653 points. SoCal's pride. SoCal's pride, Mm -hmm. Brandon Grant. Uh, Also, because the 40K championships at the LVO has gone over 800 people, registered just the 40k champs is over 800 people registered and that's after all refunds for ticket refunds it is insanity yeah you can be in the top 100 of the itc and if you were to go and win it all you could still win the dang itc so right now what we're doing is jockeying for position because you know all these guys are going to be there unless they just can't make it mm-hmm. for you know work or life or whatever. But you can assume all these guys are going to be there. Yeah. So it is going to be crazy exciting to see what happens. Because every single year in the, at the LVO, in the finals, we have at least one person yeah. that just somehow that no one's heard of before yeah. that sneaks in there. So we could have someone come in. Or somebody just is some, some like podunk town. Yeah. Like, this is my first tournament. And yeah. then like they like play one of the top 10 and knock them out first round. Yeah. There's some like... 
It's so exciting. Because there's always some like there's always some like diamond in the rough, some like dark yeah. horse out there. Some guy who's just amazing, but he doesn't travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like some person who's like super talented, super good, but just doesn't have the opportunity to display their talent. Yeah. And at the LVO every year, we got this one person where everyone's like, where did this guy come yeah. from? It's like Blood Angels or something. You're like, what? like last year, yeah, yeah, it was the Blood Angel player who was just like, I don't know how I got here. And the year before it was uh, a Necron player. And he was like, I don't know how this happened, but here I am. Yeah. So it's very exciting if you are, uh, if it is your goal to win best of faction uh, or just to do as, as well as you can in the overall rankings, you really got to be at the LVO because the points you get for just showing up is massive. Massive. It's going to be super exciting to see how this shakes down uh, coming into the home stretch. Now, if history is a, uh, any teacher, it's these guys will all be there and they're going to perform well because they have all year. So it's going to be a lot of the same names, mm -hmm. but uh, it is anybody's game. Uh, we could have someone come from out of nowhere and win the whole thing because the amount of points that you're going to get at the event are massive nice absolutely massive so 40k hobby track top five now for those of you at the socal open there was a little bit of a data entry issue i'm going to have to manually submit the uh, hobby track for the socal open not a big deal you're all going to get your points but it's going to take a little bit of time so please be patient currently matthew bodnarchuk has moved into first place uh, with a very strong 476 point score scott rumple moves into second it's a new name on the list very exciting can't wait to see this army hopefully we see him at uh, lvo lou rollins jumps into third he has a gorgeous uh, death watch army he was at socal open mike Ginoni goes into fourth and michael ralston into fifth almost entirely all new new names yeah very so cool. a lot of movement has been occurring there the uh, hobby track is really gaining some momentum on the 40k side of things age of sigmar current top five Joe Cryer continues to lead the pack, followed by Matt Pashby, our man. Yep. Uh, James Thomas gets dethroned from his second place mm. position where he's been all season. He drops down into third place. James, he should have been at SoCal. Yep. Matt Jones moves into fourth, and Josh Harvey into fifth. Again, a, a lot of movement there. Very exciting to see it coming down the home stretch. Hobby track for Age of Sigmar. We have Sid Singh currently sitting in first place, followed by Philip Verduzco. Josh Lara, new face, jumps into third. Ben Nelson, also a uh, new name there, jumps into fourth. And Joseph Halifacker moves into fifth. Well done. In the Shadespire track, Mike Kors leads the pack, followed by Andrew Everhart. Brandon Ulick in third. Matt Everhart in fourth. And Tony Field in fifth. Nice. Exciting. It is. Exciting. It so, is insane how much the ITC has grown. Shadespire really has gone bananas. That's pretty big for LVL. It's getting there. Yeah, it's it is. It's like I don't know, 50, 60 people. Nice. Yeah, Kill Team is the one that's really gotten exciting. Um, Kill Team forty K is like 40, 50 people, mm -hmm. and like the way we're doing it, it's just one big tournament. Um, but people have been asking for it because right now we only have it on Sunday. Mm -hmm. People have been asking for it on Friday and or Saturday. We're gonna try and make that happen. Uh, space is really the the issue. I feel a lot of people who are playing kill team though are also gonna be playing the championships, and Sunday's perfect because you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because that know, way, if you don't make it, if you don't, make, yeah. if you're one of the nine, if you're the part of the ninety nine percent of the people who don't make the yeah. finals, mm -hmm. you have lots of other stuff to do on Sunday. That's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, so let's jump in and have a little bit more orc codex discussion. Orc discussions. So the orc codex has been making a lot of waves, mm -hmm. um, as is the case every time when a book comes out, people overreact uh, because they're just going off of theory without a lot of, um, you know, or any experience because they just haven't had a chance to play it yet. 
So a lot of people were saying, like there's some work players are saying the book's not strong enough. That's just wrong. Mm -hmm. But some people were saying it's too strong. I've gotten a lot of reps in with the codex as a part of the playtesting process. And right now I'm playing it again. And like I said, it's we playtest way before a book comes out. I kind of forget stuff, to be fair. Mm -hmm. And then when I start playing again, I'm like rediscovering everything. And I've gotten a lot of reps in with the book. And it's, it's a top tier book, in my opinion. But it's definitely, I don't think, anywhere close to broken. Um, a lot of the things that people think are too good are they're not even they don't understand fully how they work like uh, for example uh, mech guns do not get clan cultures they don't get to use almost any of the stratagems because they're a grot unit I know that's a little confusing so look to an FAQ to probably clarify that uh, killer cans I accidentally said killer cans can use bad moon strategy uh, <clears throat> clan culture they're, last grots. they're grots so my, I apologize I misspoke but uh, there's a lot to love in the orc codex um Mm -hmm. For me, what I found to work extremely well, uh, Ludos have been an all-star unit for me every single game I've played. Uh, one of the best ways to play them, I have found, take a unit of 15, a unit of 10, it's a big points investment, but if you go and you put them behind a unit of um, Grotz, and then you have a, a, a custom force field, maybe even a pain boy mm -hmm. nearby to give them defense, uh, you use mob up, join the units together, you double shoot, maybe use more DACA, and then when you get shot, you use the Grotz screen, uh, the stratagem to try and get them at least one turn of not getting annihilated because mm -hmm. they're really fragile. Uh, however, I played Frankie's Dark Eldar last night. He, he gave me a pretty sound whooping. He just agent affected the uh, the Grot screen stratagem. I was like, uh oh. So do, so I'm not 100% familiar with it. So the Grot screen works in that. Do they normally just take the wounds of what's around them, or do you have to do that stratagem? You have to use a stratagem. Okay. It's only one CP. It's extremely good. Mm -hmm. So you burn one CP, and then when you take a wound on an orc, it goes onto the grot on a two plus. He takes a mortal wound. Got it. Um, and again, we need an FAQ to clarify some of the things that are ambiguous there. But um, I've I have always played it as it works like drones for Tau, mm -hmm. where it's not the damage done; it's the wound. Um, and then we'll we'll look to to Games Workshop to clarify that. But um, when Frankie went first, an easy way to counter that Luda tactic, because if you do more DACA and you do the double shot and you roll a three on your number of shots both times, not necessarily going to happen, but it could, you're going to average like 75 hits with a unit of 25. It's insane. It's 75 auto cannon hits. It'll kill damn near anything. It'll yeah. do like 16 wounds to a knight, even yeah. if the knight has a three up invulnerable save. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful. It's extremely powerful. But what Frankie did, because he, he, he's played against me, obviously, a bunch. Uh, he goes first, stops me from using the grot screen, kills the, he does enough wounds to each unit to get them both below 10. I can't mm -hmm. mob up now. Problem solved. Yeah. They're still super easy to kill. But the Ludas are just absolutely <clears throat> all-stars. Every single game I've played, they've been one of the highest damage dealing units for me. Uh, really good. The, uh, the, uh, the mech guns with the tractor cannons everyone's talking about, again, they don't get clan cultures. They're a grot unit, so they're not getting re-roll everything. They're, barely any of the stratagems work on them. They're really good. They're not as good as people think. Like, I'm seeing people writing lists like, I'm going to take 10. I'm going to take 15. You know what? Go for it if you want to. It's a crack missile that auto hits. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Uh, it's very good. It's extremely good. I take three. But I find that in a lot of matchups, they don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm playing a horde army, they're almost, I wouldn't say worthless because they can still hold an objective, but that's about all they're good for. Even I was playing Frankie's Drukari and he mm -hmm. has a million vehicles with the fly keyword. I still, yeah. they weren't just like destroying everything on the table, you know? So um, 
they're not as crazy as people think. If you're taking 10 or more, I think you're putting way too many points into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I find in moderation that they're, they're quite good. The Ludas do vastly more damage than they do. Um, yeah, because yeah. this is the main thing I'm seeing people freak out about uh, is the mech guns, and they're just they're just not they're not what you think they are. They are very good. I actually think the Smasher gun is the better choice. It's D6 shots that are AP two or three that do D6 damage, mm-hmm. whereas the uh, tractor cannon um, is just one D6 damage shot, but it auto hits. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Smasher gun is uh, is it could be six shots, yeah. and they're they're BS4 because they're grots. So. Um, I, that, I would say that, that spamming those would be a little bit scarier because they're going to be more useful against a wider variety of, of targets. Mm-hmm. Um, Tank Buster Boys are amazing for me. I like to run them uh, either deep striking or run them in a truck. I prefer the truck. And uh, not only do they each shoot a three damage flat rocket, they're twin linked against vehicles. And you can use the uh, grenade stratagem, which I can't even remember the name of, but they can each throw like D6 damage, multiple D6 damage grenades. It's mm-hmm. pretty gnarly. <laughs> But like Ludas, they die in droves. And yeah. any competent player is gonna try and kill them first. Yeah, because everything still has a six up save, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the thing I keep telling people, because I have a lot of people who are like, oh, orcs are too good, they're too good. I'm like, they still die the exact same way they did. Mm-hmm. They didn't really get any defensive buffs, and now you have less boys than you did before. Like, I find them to actually be quite fragile. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't play smartly, you're gonna just be scooping your models up, and then yeah. you're like, oh. Like, I, I lost almost all my boys in two turns of shooting against Frankie's Drukari. I was just like, mm-hmm. cool. But then you do have a couple of tricks up your sleeve. Like, one of the things that I'm enjoying the most about the Or Codex is all the, the stratagems and the things you can do. Like, you have a Tide of Traders where you can recycle um, uh, you can recycle 30, up to 30 boys. Uh, d- just remember, if you mob up, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really useful. You can take a unit of 30 boys, maybe make them Ard boys or whatever the case may be. Your opponent's going to try and shoot them down. If even one lives, you get the whole unit back. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Unless they have agents of act, in which case you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the way it goes. Um, uh, and the, the, the golf slugger boys, for me, have just been so freaking good. Um, with, with scar boys that go up to strength five, uh, you're mobbing them up. You're making them into bigger units. Or you're using the, the unstoppable green tide, which is their tide of traders, yeah. to teleport them around the table. And the amount of attacks you can get on them is where it just gets bananas. Like, you, if you have a unit of over 20, they get plus one attack. Mm-hmm. You can cast Warpath on them for another attack. And just your basic boys are doing just crazy damage. Yeah. Like, they're doing the majority of the, the, the killing. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really good. There's just there's so many good combos in there. Like, there's so many ways to play. One of the things I've been having a ton of fun and success with is taking units of three Warbikers. Uh, it's only 69 points. They have 18 shots. I usually throw a big chopper on the knob. Mm-hmm. Um, they shoot really well. They're very mobile. <laughs> They're good for scoring objectives. They fight pretty well. They're reasonably hard to kill. Uh, just a really all-around great unit. Um, just so much fun stuff. Let's, let's jump into chat, so I'm just not here. It's like Yeah. Rambling. Well, you've had the most. You've been playtesting almost every single night. Yeah. Well, because I got this tournament coming up, yeah. and I want to do well. And or, I've been waiting. I've just been, I've been waiting so long to play my orcs. Yeah. Top three favorite armies for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there really is not a bad way to play them. There, and, there and really isn't. I mean, literally, you can choose, put them in trucks. You can put them on the, on the ground. You can do, you know, all um, the walkers, all that kind of stuff, all the, you know, the speed freaks, all that kind of stuff. There's not a bad way to play them. Uh, Yak Hunter <laughs> jumped in. Yak Hunter, it was so nice to meet you at SoCal Open. 
for those of you who don't know, he does a lot of the statistical analysis, the data, the data crunching on chapter tactics. It's the other podcast on our channel. Um, really super duper nice guy. He actually dropped at the end of the event to go help. Um, I think he dropped like one or two games to go help uh, Mariana with the stream. Really, really just super nice guy. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, he's saying that the smash guns are also cheaper. Yeah, th I think everyone's fixated on tractor cannons, but I really think it's a red herring. I, I take three just because it gives me something to kill flyers because orcs can really struggle yeah. to kill flyers. Although the more DACA stratagem means you always hit on fives and you get exploding fives and sixes. Mm -hmm. So your looters again can shoot a flyer out of the sky. But um, the smasher gun I think is the better choice, right? If you're gonna spam artillery. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, Yak Hunter jumps in and says, get boys, get a truck, profit. They're really good. I've actually had the least, I actually got my ass kicked the worst when I took a pure melee army. I took a, a golf brigade mm -hmm. and I had six units of truck boys. Actually, I found it to be the weakest army that I played so far. Mm -hmm. um, I played against knights and boy, orcs still really struggle with knights, man. Because mm -hmm. I went in, the, the, the scar boys went in, wrecked uh, Dominus class knight. And then of course my opponent does heroic sacrifice, mm -hmm. rolls two, four pluses, does a three, six inch explosion, kills half my army. Yeah. I was like, well, that was that. Yeah. And the knight gallant with a two up save is still just murder for Oryx. It's really bad. Um, truck boys are good. I find like, it depends on what you're trying to do. I like to have, I always take at least a couple trucks to, for mobility. Mm -hmm. uh, I find shooter boys in trucks are really good, especially with either evil sons or bad moons. Mm -hmm. Cause evil sons can advance and still shoot normally. So they're crazy fast. And uh, bad moons reroll once to hit. Um, bad moon shooter boys I find is just a good trip, uh, troop unit period. Mm -hmm. I just run units of 10 just running around shooting. Um, but I found I've had the best success with melee uh, melee units with just a big unit of 30. So that's that's been what I found to be the most successful way mm -hmm. uh, to play them. Take a big unit of 30 <clears throat> and take like two units of 10 so you can mob up into them. Mm -hmm. That's worked really well. Um, the other one I want to try that I haven't tried in, um, since playtesting was taking a big unit of Meganaut or uh, not bikers mm -hmm. and then using a death killer war track to move advance sure. super fast and then charge. Mm -hmm. It's a first turn charge. It's yeah, crazy. And the boys are just moving up behind them yep. and it's going to mop up. Yep. yep. So there's so many, there's so many options uh, for different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're all good. Uh, Red 3 standing by says more DACA works much, much better with tank buses than Luda's because they get full to hit rerolls. Uh, if you're shooting a vehicle, absolutely correct. What is the more DACA stratagem again? So the more DACA stratagem, what it is, is um, it's two CP mm -hmm. and the DACA DACA, the DACA 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 rule, mm -hmm. which is you always hit on a six and a six gives you another, another shot. Mm -hmm. It then works on a five. Gotcha. So for orcs, like let's say you're playing against um, a talk. Mm -hmm. Right, and they're minus three to hit or some stupid crap. Yeah, and then your Ludos move. You'd be minus four to hit normally. Nope, now you're yep. hitting on fives, and each five or six gives you another shot. Okay, it's very, very good, mm -hmm. very good. And if you use it at the beginning of the phase, uh, and you double shoot, it counts for both shots. Very good. So for me, what I found is that you need mm -hmm. to have a combination of um, shooting and melee units to make it really work. So uh, we'll talk more about orcs in the weeks to come, I'm sure. But let's take a look at this very, very cool, no, uh, very cool Logan Grimnar commission, which is from the FLG Paint Studio.
Yeah, this is a, um, I don't know. I'm honestly not familiar enough with the model to know if that's the exact Logan Grimnar model without conversion. Um, but I know that it is Logan Grimnar. Yeah, to it's, it's him off of Stormrider. Okay, because I'm, I'm used to just seeing him with that Santa sled. It's, it's him. Just... That, that, you can take him off the sled. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is done. This is a masterclass project. Um, very cool. Look at all the detail. I mean, just the little ruby, you know, within the uh, the axe is just, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. He's a beautiful, gorgeous model. And the blending of the, um, the, the pelt, you know, the back of the pelt, just gorgeous. Yeah. Amazing. This is a, a gorgeous, gorgeous commission. Again, mm -hmm. Masterclass is the highest paint level. Uh, it's perfect yep. for models like Logan Grimnar. There's going to be a centerpiece yes. to your army. Mm -hmm. uh, you could get a whole army done at Masterclass if you've got the budget for it, and you would have... If you're just a, a high roller... Jaw-droppingly gorgeous army, but... Swagtastic individual. It's not in most people's budget, yeah. but uh, you, you are capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can do mixed. Like, mm -hmm. if you wanted to get an army painted, um, you know, where the, the characters were done at a certain level, and then the infantry was done at a certain level, all can be done. All doable at the Frontline Gaming Paint Studio. So check us out, flgpaintstudio.com, if mm -hmm. you want to see uh, a portfolio of some of our work. Get an idea on the pricing, and then you can always email painting at frontlinegaming.org mm -hmm. for a quote. And uh, Jason will be happy to get back to you and work with you to get your project from your imagination to the tabletop. Nice. That's the new tagline? Mm, I like it. Perfect. Well, anyway, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Signals from the Frontline, number 615. Mm. What are we going to do when we hit 1,000? That's going to be quite the milestone. We're going to be old men. That's true. It's going to be a couple of years from now at yeah. the rate we're going, but we'll get there. A lot grayer and fatter, balder. We're closer to 1,000 than we are to zero. That's true. So thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you again next week. Bye, guys.